Welcome to 10-Minute Bible Talks, where we connect the Bible to your life and the time it takes to get to work. I'm Keith Simon. And I'm Patrick Miller. Right now, we're working through the story of David's life in First and Second Samuel. Second Samuel 7 is one of the more important chapters in the entire Bible. And I know in one sense that sounds silly because all the Bible is inspired by God and is good for teaching and to feed our faith and, and all that's true. And yet you can't escape from the reality that some chapters are more significant. And Second Samuel 7 is significant because it helps us fit the whole story of the Bible together, what we might call the big God story. From the first chapter of the Bible in Genesis 1 to the last chapter in Revelation 22, 2 Samuel 7 is one of those key chapters that help us fit the story together. And it helps us understand who Jesus is and why he came. So let's start in 2 Samuel 7, and then we'll back out and look at the big picture. David decides that now there's peace in the land. He wants to build the Lord a house or a temple. And when he tells the prophet Nathan about it, Nathan's like, yeah, go for it. Great idea. But that night, God appears to Nathan and says, okay, you got that one wrong. David isn't going to build me a house. I'm going to build him a house. Now, there's a play on words occurring in this chapter because the word house appears, I think it's 15 times in the chapter, if I remember right. And sometimes it refers to a a building, you know, like a temple, and sometimes it refers to a dynasty. So David says he's going to build God a house, but God says, no, I'm going to build you a dynasty. I'm going to build you a different kind of house. Through the prophet Nathan, God says that David's son will succeed him. And of course, we know that happened when David died and his son Solomon became king. But then God goes further. In verse 16, he says, Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So here God has promised David an eternal throne, uh, somehow through his descendants, an eternal kingship. In order to understand that, we've got to go back to the big picture for a second. All the way back in Genesis 1, on the first page of the Bible, God created man and woman in his image. He created human beings to image him here on earth, to be his rulers under his authority. He gave them the responsibility to cultivate the garden that he had put them in. Now, sin messes all that up because instead of ruling under God's authority, we try to usurp God's authority, overthrow God's authority. Instead of letting him define right and wrong, we thought we could define right and wrong. And when human beings sinned against God and rebelled against him, we started to go down a road of darkness and chaos. That sin led to the rupture of relationship between Adam and Eve and between them and God and them and creation. It led to Cain and Abel. It led to the flood of judgment. It led to the Tower of Babel. But God doesn't give up on his world. Instead, God reboots his kingdom by raising up Abraham. And he makes a promise to Abraham that through his descendants, the whole world would be blessed. God promised Abraham and Sarah a child in their old age. He promised them that he would give them and their descendants land and that the whole world would be blessed through them. And part of that blessing included that God would raise up kings from the line of Abraham. 
while the Israelites are in Egypt. We read in the book of Exodus that they are a kingdom of priests. And if you're a kingdom, what does every kingdom have? Well, it has a king. And who is the king of the Israelites? Well, it is God. Now, while the Israelites are in Egypt, God says in Exodus 19 that they are a kingdom of priests. And what does every kingdom have? Well, every kingdom is ruled by a king. And who is the Israelites' king? It is God. God is ruling over them. But when the Israelites get out of slavery in Egypt and into the promised land, they repeat the mistakes of Adam and Eve in the garden and they rebel against God, they usurp his authority, and all the chaos of sin and evil are visited on them in the promised land so that everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes. And other nations are coming and taking the Israelites captive as part of God's discipline against them for their sin. And so the Israelites cry out for a king. Now God had told them what kind of king they should want a king after his heart, a king who followed his laws, a king that would rule under his authority. But instead, the people want a king like the nations around them. And so God gives them Saul. Saul is made their king, but eventually is rejected by God because he does not have God's heart. And God anoints David to be their king. And now in 2 Samuel 7, God is making a promise to David that sounds a lot like his promise to Abraham. He promises to make his name great. He promises to give him a land. He promises to give him descendants. But then he goes a step further with David, and he says that one of his descendants will sit on an eternal throne and have an eternal kingdom. After David Solomon ruled, and after Solomon ruled, the kingdom was split into the northern and southern tribes. And all those kings that followed David, well, none of them measured up to the standard that they would have an eternal throne and be the ideal Israelite king. Some of the kings were good. Most of them were pretty bad and did evil in the eyes of the Lord. But none of them had an eternal kingdom. They lived and then they died. Eventually, because of the sins of the Israelites, they were sent into exile exile into Assyria, or exile into Babylon. God promised them while they're in exile that he would raise up a Messiah. He would send an anointed one. He would send a ruler for his people. When Jesus comes on the scene, it is clear that he comes from the line of David, that he is the Messiah. He is the anointed leader, and he comes proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. At his crucifixion, the soldiers mockingly put a crown of thorns on his head, a kingly robe around him, and bent down on their knee and said, Hail to the king. They lifted him up and put him not on a throne, but on a cross. And at the top of that cross read a sign that this was the king of the Jews. Pilate's sign had more truth on it than he could ever understand. By his death and resurrection, Jesus now has all authority in heaven and on earth. And today he sits on his throne, ruling the world. Jesus 
is the anointed king. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise that God made to David. He is the one with an eternal throne and the eternal kingdom. Jesus is the king that we need to rule our world. And one day he will come back and fully establish his kingdom here on earth. Until then, he gives every person the opportunity to enter into his kingdom through repentance and faith. To repent of our self-rule, to repent of our desire to, to usurp God's authority, to repent of defining good and evil on our own terms. And to believe in Christ, to believe that he is the reigning king, to give our allegiance to him, to be faithful to King Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the great king. He has come to reestablish his kingdom in this broken world. And he calls on us to surrender our life to him. That's what a Christian does. A Christian is one who follows Jesus, who gladly bends their knee to Jesus, who says, Jesus, you are my Lord and my King, and I surrender my life to you. And then from that point on, life is full of repentance and faith, turning from our sin and putting our faith back in the death and resurrection of our King, who died in our place for our sin. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of the promise that God made to David back in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us a rating. That helps others find this podcast more easily. Also, ask yourself who you could share this podcast with. Texting an episode to a friend or family member is a great way to help them grow spiritually. If you want to go deeper, check out our show notes for book recommendations.